Hi, everyone, and thank you for being with us. This is Firbors Paksaresh, Director of the Department of Human Services. In the past few weeks, we've been connecting with you via podcast to keep you updated about what the agency is doing in dealing with COVID-19. Last week, we started our series to talk with our program directors to see what's happening in each DHS program. You may have noticed that every program has taken action to adjust their delivery models to continue serving Oregonians while honoring the governor's executive order on physical distancing. Dan, can you give us a brief overview of the self-sufficiency program and its mission? Absolutely. Thank you for having me here today, Fairbours. You know, the self-sufficiency program is first and primarily an anti-poverty program. Our mission is to provide a safety net, family stability, and a connection to careers that guide Oregonians out of poverty. We do this work in the self-sufficiency program through some primary programs that we have, the TANF program, the SNAP program, our employment-related daycare program, and then we also provide eligibility for OHB. Within those programs, there are additional programs like our Family Support and Connections, our Domestic Violence Program, our Refugee Program that really deal with specific populations. But primarily what we're trying to do is meet the needs of individuals in poverty, remove those barriers from their lives, and allow them to get on a path that leads themselves to self-sufficiency. Thank you, Dan. We all know that the self-sufficiency program has a significant role in Oregon's response to this pandemic. The safety net services that you provide in your programs are critical bridge for helping people through this pandemic. Can you tell us how the self-sufficiency program is responding to meet the needs of individuals and families? Absolutely. So, you know, this COVID outbreak took us all by surprise. Every single agency or every single department within the Department of Human Services. Uh, And we were like every other one. We were caught kind of flat-footed and we needed to first and foremost move as many of our employees as we could to commuting uh, to telework and and working from home. And so we moved as many of our staff as we could, uh, of our 2,900 staff, to teleworking. And that was a huge lift. In addition to that, though, we can't do all of our work by teleworking. A lot of the population that we serve doesn't have access to cell phones. They don't have access to computers. And so they don't have access to apply for our services online. As we moved more and more of our programs to using our CAPI application or our online application, we still needed to remain open. So our staff in the field stepped up like they always do in this program and created safe environments within our offices where we could still meet the public when we needed to meet the public to provide eligibility and access to our services. A lot of our staff have also um, done wonderful things like taking applications over the phone both in English and in other languages, so that we could ensure that people got the opportunity to apply for benefits and be determined eligible. Uh, The creativity of the field in realizing our mission and our goal of getting individuals the benefits they need to be able to feed themselves, to take care of themselves, to get their health insurance, with that um, social distancing and compassion that I think self-sufficiency is known for. We both know that because of COVID-19, many have lost their jobs, some are working limited hours, and as a result of that, they need more help. There has been some actions both at the federal level and at the state level to help address those issues. Can you share with us briefly what the self-sufficiency program has done to facilitate access to services for the people that need your services? So yes, Fairboards, during this time, the self-sufficiency program has had to make some rather quick adjustments to many of our programs. 
Our employment-related daycare program in partnership with ELD has been able to do things like waive co-pays for families uh, experience an income drop at this point in time. Uh, we've been able to keep paying some of our ERDC providers so that they're able to stay in business. We've been able to raise the income level so that families struggling with children not being in school can still go to work and provide those essential services that are so important for our communities at this point. During this time, we've seen obviously an increase in SNAP applications as we've talked about. And in order to process those, we've been able to work with the federal government to get some waivers to avoid some of the busier work that we have to do with those programs. Uh, we've been able to do uh, six-month certifications without having individuals come in. We've been able to increase the uh, base amount that all individuals on SNAP get so that they can get more SNAP benefits so they can feed their families during these times when maybe the kids aren't getting meals at school or parents are seeing a drop in their own income. In addition to that, in order to create better access points for folks, we've been able to use our CAPI application for all of our programs, for employment-related daycare, TANF, and SNAP. And so we've tried to do those things to expand the availability of our services, increase our services where policy partners allow us to, and really try to get at the core of what families are experiencing right now and try to alleviate some of those. I also know that the self-sufficiency program works through many providers, providers that help people with job search or uh, transition to self-sufficiency. And we also know that this pandemic has also severely impacted providers. Can you talk a bit about what type of providers you deal with and how this is impacting them? Absolutely. So we're in a unique situation in self-sufficiency in that we do have so many different kind of providers. So, for example, in our employment-related daycare program, uh, the child care providers we've worked with, we've been able to, through use of some federal dollars, continue to make payments to some of those providers to be sure that they're available to our families when this pandemic ends. Unfortunately, in like our SNAP employment and training program, because most of those dollars are federal dollars, we have not been able to uh, make those kind of concessions for those providers. In our jobs program, we've been able to help the providers through the first month or so of the COVID crisis to get their payments, uh, even for services that they maybe weren't able to provide to our clients while we were working with them to provide services in a different format. So. Um, like everyone in the community right now, our providers are definitely struggling. They are such a key to our success uh, that we're trying to support them in any way that's possible. But unfortunately, sometimes federal rules uh, get in the way of us being able to do what we would really like to do for those providers. And as you just shared with us, this has been a significant change and modification for staff, both who have to work from home and those who are working in the offices. How are your staff doing? You know, I think our staff, uh, they're an amazingly compassionate group. So there is definitely, I think, a struggle with some of our staff taking on that trauma, taking on the experience of the customers who have lost their jobs, of the families who find themselves in financial dire straits. So I think some of our staff are really struggling at this moment. I think it's been a very difficult transition to life during COVID. And I think a lot of our staff are doing the best they can, but to say everybody's doing wonderful, I think is not doing justice to the situation we find ourselves in. So I hope our staff are taking the time to take care of themselves. I hope they're finding that respite for themselves and finding those places where they can relax uh, because the job they do is so important to the families we serve. It is so essential to individuals in our community survival that I know because they are compassionate, they're internalizing that. And I think that's a struggle.
Thank you, Dan. And I think that, that the struggle might continue as we move forward with bringing the Oregon economy back, beginning to open offices, etc. Looking ahead, how will SSP, Self-Sufficiency Program, approach a return to normal operations as we begin to get into phase one, two, and three of the governor's plan to reopen Oregon economy? And what do you want your team to know or keep in mind as we move through those stages? I'm not sure we'll ever return to pre-COVID work in the self-sufficiency program. I think one of the benefits and one of the lessons we've learned during this crisis is that telework is an option for some of our employees. And I think that'll be the interesting thing to balance as we reopen the economy and open our offices to the kind of foot traffic that has historically been in our offices is some of our employees may choose to and may have the opportunity to work from home more often. However, I think during this crisis, we've had to focus so much on the eligibility side that the part that will be um, interesting to watch as we open our doors back up is what needs of our families have not been met during this time. As we get back into our family coaching work, as we get back into really focusing on getting individuals the training and the skills they need to enter and, and maintain employment in the workforce, How do we bring that family coaching model back to life? How do we breathe some life back into that model while keeping our staff safe and keeping our community members safe? And I would say to our staff that during this time, just like during the the beginning of this crisis, I hope they feel supported by us. And I hope they feel like we in, uh, in management are supporting them in every way that we can. We want to hear ideas on how to best serve people. And we want people to be creative in the ways that they serve the individuals that need our services. Thank you, Dan, for taking the time to be with us today. And thank you all out there. Uh, Whether you're in the self-sufficiency program or in any other program within DHS, whether you're working from home or from uh, one of the DHS offices, thank you for all that you do. We'll pick up the podcast next week featuring another DHS program. Thank you, and we'll talk soon.